It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I am a super fan. I'm addicted to the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you. Thank you for joining me today. We are going to talk about the series split in Colorado I've got some thoughts about Luis Castillo. He's been a hot topic for the Reds here lately, especially with Geno starting to look like he's figuring some stuff out at the plate. We've seen Amir Garrett really turning things around. Now we just need to get Luis Castillo going, and it's full steam ahead for the Reds in 2021. They're currently 519-19 thanks to that win on Sunday. We're going to talk briefly about that because I want to look at the whole series, look at where the Reds are, and we're going to preview the Giants series as well. Before we jump into all of that, though, make sure that you're following the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds. I've got a lot more content for you there. Content's been a little bit sparse this past week. Been going through a move. Uh, in, in fact, recording the show on the handheld today is everything's in boxes and we're still unpacking a bunch of stuff. But we'll be back to normal here pretty soon. All right, let's talk about this red side because this series in Colorado was just like what this entire season has been so far, a roller coaster. This time, though, it started way, way low and then got a lot better there at the end because uh, we had another rough outing by Luis Castillo, and it's it's starting to get a little worrisome because we talked with Bronson about this last week as to what is uh, kind of holding him back, and Bronson made the statement, you know, he is a fastball changeup guy, and if people start to time that, then that's that's a big problem for him because he's not necessarily the command type. He's not going to pinpoint the corners. He's just trying to fool you with speed, fast, high, slow, low, get that breaking change, just, just get that to move away from the bat just enough. And it just hasn't quite worked this year so far. So hopefully it's just a matter of a mechanical adjustment or something like that. Though Bronson says that he didn't really see a whole lot in his mechanics that looked off. So we'll have to see. I have an idea, though, because the way that things have gone for Luis Castillo and the way that you look at the the fastball changeup mixture and how that hasn't really fooled hitters, maybe you pair him with someone. And, and I know that right now the bullpen itself isn't that fantastic, but if you can pair him, and th- this has a twofold uh result to it I, I I think you pair him with TJ Antone TJ Antone's stuff breaks a completely different way than Luis Castillo's Luis Castillo's always goes away from left-handed hitters into righties 
TJ Antones goes away from righties and into lefties. If you can somehow mix them up, maybe Antone opens up for the first couple of innings and you stretch him out. That's the other part of this result that I like. But if you can stretch him out and start working him into the rotation mode, I like that. I would much rather have him in the rotation. Look, I I know that he's been super valuable to the Reds out of the bullpen, but his biggest value has come whenever he gives them multiple innings. I almost feel like using TJ Antone for one inning is a waste. Get him in the rotation. Get his slider and curveball and the fastball that hits 99 or 100 sometimes. Get him in the rotation, and I think that the Reds will be much better off that way but the way that you work him into that is you start piggybacking him because you'll get him stretched out, you'll get the arm ready, and you'll be able to change up hitters' looks for Luis Castillo. Then Castillo can come in and build up his confidence because Bronson said it was a confidence thing, right? He said that if he has a start where his first inning is clean, It's way, way different. You see a much more poised, a lot more swagger on the mound from Luis Castillo than if he had a first inning that he gave up runs. And that's exactly what happened against Colorado. They jumped all over him in that first inning, and it was just a rough game from there. And you you think that it's just, it's so close. It just feels like he has to make one little tweak. And we're going to get that Luis Castillo that we all know and love. And that is kind of the final ingredient in the recipe that is a successful 2021 season. Because make no mistake about it, if Luis Castillo is off, if he is to the point where you are taking him out of the rotation, which I do not think we're at, by the way. I know that there's some folks that are saying that. I think that that is premature. I don't think that you can. Uh, remove him from a starting role, put him in as some kind of middle reliever or something like that, and expect him to work things out. That's going to play with his mind. He is not the kind of guy. These guys aren't robots. You're talking about a professional athlete with an ego, and you're going to do some serious damage to that ego and that mindset if you remove him from the role that he has known and the role that he does the most good for this team in because there is no body else that's going to step up into Luis Castillo's shoes. In fact, as much as I hate to say it because Jeff Hoffman had a bad start on Sunday, like I don't think that Jeff Hoffman is a rotation pitcher. I think he is a long reliever for this team at best. I think that is the best role for him as a red. The problem is I don't know who you replace him with. I'm not saying that he needs to stay in the rotation. I'm saying that the Reds are just so not deep, the opposite of deep, that we are to the point where you have a guy who is not a starting pitcher in the rotation, and you might as well just call it a bullpen day because there needs to be a guy like maybe Vladimir Gutierrez is close, but I mean, he's just coming off a suspension. He's only had a couple of starts since that suspension, so... I don't necessarily think that that would be the right move right now. I, I don't know where you go. So that's where I go back to the idea, piggyback TJ Antone and Luis Castillo. You build up Castillo's confidence. You build up TJ Antone's longevity, and you put him in the rotation. So that's where my thoughts are with that. And here in just a moment, I kind of want to put a bow 
on this Rocky series, the, the end of the road trip as the Reds come back home to Great American Ballpark tonight to face off, start a four-game set against the San Francisco Giants. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB to get started today. This episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is also brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport, like, you know, the Reds and Major League Baseball. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you who are watching games and debating about them. They've got post-game breakdowns and discussing the biggest news and rumors. Be sure to join me this week. I'm talking about tomorrow, Tuesday, at noon for some lunchtime talk about the Reds. That's tomorrow at noon. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices, and be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss what I've got in store for you because I'm planning to be live tomorrow at noon. Can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts about where the Reds are this year. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. In the first part, we talked about Luis Castillo and what to do with him and and, and what the rotation kind of looks like. I mentioned Jeff Hoffman. He had a rough start on Sunday, and, and it almost felt like his his last start maybe, but I, I just... I would look for, and it's something that we'll think about a lot more this week on the podcast, of ideas for what to do instead of starting Jeff Hoffman because it's a little bit hairy right now. And in fact, uh, but I, I kind of want and we'll talk more about that this week, but I want to look at this series as a whole because I didn't really get a chance to talk too much and react to game one. So we're just going to package everything into one big segment right here. The four game set, they split two and two. I even said that with Paul Holden from the Lockdown Rockies podcast whenever we had our pregame crossover. And I said that I, I just feel like a split is coming. And there's three reasons why. There, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good was the lineup. The lineup did work. And in four games, 
the Reds as a team hit 281, got on base 37% of the time, and uh, for an overall OPS of 811. That's fantastic. In fact, they had 17 walks compared to 24 strikeouts. Not too shabby. Scoring 6.8 runs per game, so, you know, 27 runs total in the four-game set. And you're thinking, man, that's great. Six homers, they had five doubles. Fantastic weekend for the Redlegs lineup. I mean, you, you saw some good hitting performances. And, you know, Nick Castellanos obviously jumping out. I, I love, too, by the way, that the post-game interview on Saturday where he had the fan talk for him. And he's like, yeah, just imagine that the ball was the face of Rod Manfred. That was uh, that was phenomenal. But Cassianos had a good weekend. Seemed like every time he was coming up to the plate, Rockies pitchers had no clue what to do with him. And speaking of a lineup perspective, Sunday's lineup was insane. I mean, raise your hand if you thought in the middle of May you were going to see Tyler Naquin batting third. That's what happened yesterday. It just all kind of topsy-turvy day. The fact that the Reds were able to come back and get a win with the lineup and the defensive alignment that they had is just phenomenal. But overall, the good is the lineup. The bad was the pitching. Boy, 6.32 ERA on the four-game set. And a lot of that was the starting pitching because the bullpen actually started to look pretty decent. I mean, outside of the blow-up that you had from CNL Perez in Game 2, it, it was just kind of a, a good weekend for the bullpen, but the rotation was really not not so good. It was nice to see the difference of strikeouts in 38 compared to 20 walks, although five walks a game is still way more than you want to see. But this leads me into the ugly. And this is something that... We knew coming into the season, and in fact, I got to have a hand up on this one. I I was a proponent of this idea, the whole idea of punting defense to have a good lineup. Now, make no mistake about it, Sunday's game where the defense just was awful, that lineup too was really nothing to write home about. I mean, you didn't have Jesse Winker, Mike Mustak is still out with the heel contusion, you didn't have uh, Joey Votto because he's still on the injured list, so it's like, ooh, what is going on? But it's really become a problem. This is some of the worst fielding I've ever seen from the Reds. And I, and I try to watch as many other teams as I can. I can't say that I've watched every single team, but they sure look like the worst fielding team in Major League Baseball. It just it, seven unearned runs in four games is inexcusable. Absolutely terrible. And I don't know how you fix it because you've set the roster up almost exactly as how I kind of advocated for where you don't worry about what the what's in the field and you just worry about the bat. But overall, I'm like, I don't know what we're going to see from this defense. It's going to be the case that there are some games that the Reds lose because of their fielding. Maybe they're getting unlucky with the pitching. It should have been an out. And then all of a sudden, the fielding boots it. And, and part of that on Sunday was Jeff Hoffman, a terrible throw to first base. I don't know what that was. But Tyler Naquin had some rough plays yesterday. He wasn't given an error 
on the play that he should have caught. But overall, the fielding is going to be what brings this team down in the end. And we saw that during this four-game set. But they earn a split, and with that split, they're coming into this series with the Giants right at 500. So overall, on the road trip, they have a winning road trip. They go 5-4 and because they're 1-1 one and one in Cleveland, 2-1 two and one in Pittsburgh, 2-2 two and two in Colorado. And I get it, Colorado is not a good team. They just got some sort of mystic mountain magic there at Coors Field. I, I don't know what is in the water up there, but I mean, there were some good performances too by different guys. Like the one guy that stands out to me a lot. I mean, I loved watching Josh Fuentes. Ryan McMahon is a good player. And of course, Trevor Story is still phenomenal. Love to see uh, if the Reds can somehow get a Nolan Arenado type trade for him. I don't want them giving up a lot for a Trevor Story rental. But if they can, uh, you know, maybe finagle one of those deals that everybody around the league is like, how did they get that deal? Then sure, let's go get Trevor Story. But he, he was he was held in check for the most part. The guy that stands out to me the most is Jonathan Daza. Never heard of this guy until the Reds play the Rockies. And now, and I tweeted it, me and Paul were going back and forth on Twitter, the Lockdown Rockies host. <laughs> and I called him Jonathan Dazzaline because he was dazzling, man. That dude, he hit well. He played the field well. He had that diving catch there in the eighth inning that really looked like it was going to stop the Reds' momentum and give the Rockies the win. I was glad that the Rockies absolutely god-awful bullpen gave the Reds the win in that game. I mean, make no mistake about it. I thought I love the comeback that the Reds had, but when you've got two wild pitches to give up the lead and to for the Reds to break the tie, that's just, oh, oh my gosh, just crazy. But overall, a winning road trip for the Reds, and they're at 500. I was hoping that they'd be above 500. I really thought that they should have taken the series 3-1, to one, but here we are. At least it wasn't one to three. That was, ooh, this podcast was about to be a totally different tone if the Reds didn't make that comeback yesterday. All right, but they did. They won. They got out of Colorado with a two-game win streak. Now they're going to see if they can make a three tonight against the Giants. We're going to break down this Giants series here in just a moment. But before we do, I've got a great way for you to get off the bench and get in the game and start making some cash off your sports knowledge today. That's at betonline.ag. They are the number one sports book that I trust with my money when it comes to my sports wagering, and you should too. Betonline.ag has all the best lines when you're talking about Major League Baseball, the NHL, the NBA as they're heading into their playoff season, or as well as combat sports like UFC and boxing. Check it out today, betonline.ag. And when you do, set up your profile with the promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% more on your initial deposit just for typing that in. That's betonline.ag and the promo code Locked On to get 50% more on your initial deposit. You can check out the money lines on all the games happening today, the run lines or the point spreads, depending on which sport you're looking at. And they've got great prop bets as well. You can hone in on individual players. If you think that they're going to have a big game, you can throw some money on that today. That's betonline.ag 
And when you set up your profile, type in the promo code locked on. The Reds are going to see a completely opposite opponent as they come home to Great American Ballpark compared to the Rockies. The Giants are phenomenal pitching. In fact, their starter ERA is the best in the major leagues, and they have done it a lot with former Reds, which they're going to be facing in the final three games of this series. They've got Disco, then they've got Kevin Gosman, and then they've got Johnny Cueto. But tonight's starter is Logan Webb. And you're going to look and you're going to see, well, that ERA at 4.3, oh, this is the chance for the Reds to get one over on the Giants, at least get this series started right. Logan Webb is an interesting case because he gives up a lot of ground balls. And I mean a lot of ground balls. 58.8% of his batted balls that he's given up this year have been ground balls. And when you look at the batted ball profile even more in depth, 45% of contact on his pitches has been of the topped variety. So people are hit, swinging over top of the ball, hitting a lot of weak ground balls. You're going to see a lot of pitching into the shift against the Giants tonight. It's going to be kind of a frustrating night, I'm thinking. Unless that we're going to get a night where Logan Webb doesn't get the movement on his pitches that he normally sees, which is all vertical. His changeup and his sinker, the two main pitches that he throws, just dive. They go way down whenever they th- whenever he throws them, and you're going to see the sinker, the changeup, and the slider a lot more than you're going to see the four-seamer. So the Reds are going to have to be very choosy with what they're swinging at. You're going to see it, 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 it's probably going to be an annoying night. Uh, for the red leg hitters on the other end of the spectrum though the reds got sunny gray going his last outing wasn't so great in fact he had a career high in walks against pittsburgh it's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back from that because the giants as a team are on a tear they come into this series 24 and 16 and they're at the top of the west which is not exactly what everybody was thinking now Make no mistake about it, they have had everything go right for them. And they are still followed very closely on the heels by the Dodgers who have had everything go wrong. So that could change very quickly. But the Reds are not looking at a slouch of a team in the Giants here. Last week where we were hoping that they would get above 500, these next four games are going to be a tall task to get above and remain above 500 against this Giants ball club. The guy that they're going to have to look out for in the lineup is the dude who's been doing it for his whole career. Talking about Buster Posey. Has a 1,151 OPS, an OPS plus of 223 in 103 plate appearances this season he has been doing absolutely phenomenal work and then you look at Brandon Belt as well there's something about Brandon Belt going up against the Reds I always remember him coming up in the clutch doing good things for the Giants and breaking our hearts as Reds fans he's got eight homers on the year now his average is going to deceive you because it's at 233 his OPS is at 855 He's actually been a pretty good hitter. So you're going to see 233 and think, eh, he's not that great. He He's a pretty good hitter. 
Lastly, they're also going to be looking at Brandon Crawford as well. A 142 OPS plus and 120 plate appearances. He leads the Giants in home runs. He's got nine homers on the year, 21 RBIs for the Giants shortstop. It's uh, it's a little bit, it kind of causes me a little bit of jealousy to uh, see another team shortstop doing so well. Hopefully, uh, Gino played short on Sunday and he still hit pretty decently. So hopefully he's found his hitting stroke because he's got to be good with the bat to justify how bad the glove has been at short. I've said that I, I don't believe that they move him back to shortstop whenever Joey's healthy, but they might have been proved me wrong there because, let's face it, you've got him or you've got Kyle Farmer. They're not playing anybody else at shortstop, or at least they haven't yet, so I don't really know where they go from there. It's It's hard to justify having Kyle Farmer in the everyday lineup as opposed to somebody else, like you know Shogo, who had three hits, by the way, yesterday. That was good. Great day for Shogo Akiyama, a three-hit day. So uh, looking forward to seeing what the Reds are going to put out on the field here coming up, because we still don't know. I mean, it, it's been 38 games. The Reds are 19-19, and 19, and for everything that we know, I think we still have as many questions. Because as much as we think, yes, this team is going to score runs, that was the biggest question that I had this offseason. Will this team score enough? The question's yes. Now the biggest question is flipped. It's, will they keep the other team from scoring enough? Because in some games it's yes, and in other games it's no, and it's not really been. There's, there's really only one pitcher, one starting pitcher anyway, that I've looked at and said, I know for a fact that the Reds are going to be in a good position to win, and that's Tyler Malley. And that's definitely not, like, I, I was kind of hoping he would be one of those guys. I didn't think he'd be the only guy. Now, hopefully Sonny Gray can get back on that track tonight. We'll see how that plays out. But that uh, we're, we're going to react to what happens tonight. We're also going to preview tomorrow's pitching matchup, and I've got some thoughts about what the Reds can do instead of starting Jeff Hoffman his next time through the rotation. We'll talk about that and more on tomorrow's Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you for downloading and listening to today's. Make sure that you're following the podcast. That way you don't miss anything that I've got for you. And follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And follow the show at Locked On Reds. But that'll do it for us here today. Thanks so much for listening. I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.